Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Danny. Pete is tight end. And Raja Bell. Bell has done three three. 22 to Raja. It's all the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. What's up? Welcome to Off the Bench. Week one of the NFL season is here. It's finally here. Raja is pumped up. I'm pumped up. We're going to break it all down. Uh, defending champs, Philadelphia Eagles. They're taking the field against the Falcons. We're going to break it down. Tonight. The line has. They're been... taking an L. Oh, <laughs> you're just going all in. All right. Yeah. We're doing our picks later. I'm going to save mine for later just to keep you in suspense until then. We got Brian Westbrook, former Eagle. Yep. He's going to join us a little bit later in the show. Emery Hunt, he was on last week, gave us some picks for college and NFL. Yeah. He's going to be on too. But the biggest story in the NFL is not what's taking place on the field. Unfortunately, it's still what's taking place off the field and who is not going to be on the field for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Le'Veon Bell is, was everyone assumed, including those teammates said, yep, we get it. it was a contract dispute. They had the, you know, contract negotiations, couldn't work anything out. He's going to sign the franchise tag. He'll be in camp. He'll make his 14 and a half million. He'll move on after the season. Steelers. Go to practice this week. Time to go to work. Everybody's looking around. Where's Le'Veon? Right. Nowhere to be found. Does not show up for their Wednesday. Wow. And that's really the day is Wednesday when they start their work week. They start putting in the game plan. They start, at, you know, doing prep for week one. I was as shocked as anybody because I assumed based on his tweets, based on the little information you've heard, that he was just going to go and he was going to suck it up and he was going to take his $14.5 million, And now he's not. If he shows up Sunday... Does he avoid the first like forfeiture of the eight hundred and some k that he makes per game? Like, at what point does he become? Fi- is it finable for him to not be there? Well, so he won't. He won't get fined. He just won't get paid. Or at what point yeah, does so he he's not get paid? Sacrificing almost nine hundred thousand a week. Right. I think he could show up. Literally, he could probably show up Saturday, Sunday. So but he Saturday. would not be able to play. So right. if you're the Steelers. Do you? No, no, no. I don't care about the Steelers. <laughs> I'm, I'm simply talking about oh, Le'Veon. Okay. And, and like, at what is the drop dead? Um, point at which he will start to like hand back money to the Steelers. And at that point, I would expect that he's going to show up. All right. So that's what I would expect too, yeah. but I'm not surprised by anything anymore. Yeah. Um, his, his teammates have largely been on his side up until now, but his teammates also assumed like you and I that he would be there. So he wouldn't pass on that 900,000 a week that he would start playing with them. Um, go all the way back to Marquise Pouncey, March 2nd said he had his back. Brother, if you're not paid, I'm just gonna read it like brother, brother, brother. It's not like that, yeah. brother. If you if you're not paid before free agency hits, I'll call Coach T, Mr. Rooney, and Colbert, and personally tell them it can't be this hard to pay the best running back in the league what he deserves. Stairway to seven. Right. I like that. That's why. That's how it should be. Right. right sure. You should. You should back your teammates. Um, I've never, never see guys get in the way of negotiations. Right. Yeah. But first of all, Marquise, like let's let's keep it real. Um, your phone call to to Mr. Rooney or whoever else you, uh, you that it's not making the difference. If they're not paying a guy, you ain't got the swag or the pull to make somebody get paid. Let's get that straight. True. And obviously that's the case. Right. Never did <laughs> he get paid. Pay, right. But. You've also seen Marquise Pouncey change his tune a little bit, which is the most, this is the most surprising thing I've seen maybe in a, in a couple years. So he told the NFL Network yesterday, why play hide and seek? Why let your agent say this? Just man up and tell us what you're going to do. Why? <laughs> why is he getting involved in the business? Why do I have to tell you what I'm going to do? First uh, of all, you have interjected yourself into my business if I'm Le'Veon Bell. Well, I think what the players are frustrated now is it's his teammates 
or that they thought he was going to be on the team. I don't even think they care if he sits out. They just want to know from a, hey, we've got a season to prepare for. We need to know if you're going to join us or not. If you want to stay home the whole season and get paid as a free agent, that's fine. Yeah, that's what I, this is the exact like situation I'm trying to create, right? Like <laughs> right. if I'm Le'Veon Bell by not being there, this is what I want to happen. I want right. everyone very uncomfortable about me not being there, very uncertain, and maybe that leverage will help kickstart what I would like to happen at this point, which I would imagine would have to be some sort of a trade, no? Because the Steelers have already put their foot in the ground. Yep. But I mean, I guess my point is why do, why would I be telling you all, if you all are the type of cats that would come out and like be killing me in the, in the media they just right now. They did though. It's, to be fair, they had his back all the way up until now when they thought he was going to show up. Well, it's still like, right. I, I, I know that. I know eventually one of you guys are going to crack. Well, then if I tell you when I'm coming back, you just, you'd be the same type of cat that would run in and tell <laughs> ownership or general managers, Hey bro, just don't blink, man. He's cool. He's going to be back the day before. I'm not telling you anything. All right. So I don't even think Marquise Pouncey's quotes are that bad. Let me give you some more of his mm-hmm. teammates. Ramon Foster. You're trying to get me fired up this one morning. of his offensive linemen. He said, what do you do? Here's a guy who doesn't give a damn. I guess so. We'll treat it as such. I just hate that it came to this. And he keeps going. He's making seven times what I make. Twice as much as Al Villanueva. That's one of their other offensive linemen. Is making. And we're the guys who do it for him. Okay. Now you got offensive linemen oh, upset like you never want. These guys home. never talk to the media. I actually. This is really tricky for me because I think. The biggest issue that Mike Tomlin has on his hand is that it could be divisive in the locker room. Yeah. And it seems to me like Le'Veon has lost the support of his guys in that locker room. So a couple things have to play out. One, he could sit out 10 weeks because he has to play somewhere this season in order to reach free agency. He's got to play six weeks of the season in order to hit that free agency market. So he could sit out the first 10 weeks of the season and then show up to the Steelers and be like, hey, I'm good to go. Let's go play. Um. I also think there's a possibility that his agent is floating this out there, having him not show up to see if you could possibly do what happened with the Raiders and Khalil Mack. They were able to find a team that was willing to pay him. They traded him, moved on. That's, I think, what's really going on here, and that's why he's not there. They're trying to play hardball with the Steelers, and now it's the Steelers' turn to stare them down. They're playing this game of chicken. I don't know if Flavion's getting that good of advice from his agent because I don't know if there's going to be a market for a running back that's going to be a team that's going to give up what the Bears were willing to part ways with to get Khalil Mack. Yeah, I doubt that, just positionally speaking. Right. But that, see, part of the – first of all, let's let's just touch on this, Ramon. How's the $25,000 Hublot that he bought you and all the rest of that offensive line? Like, you like right. that? You enjoy that one? Right? Because he used the, he used the seven yeah, times more than he right. makes to buy you that. That is true. Um, so there's a little bit of appreciation from him. Don't, don't interject yourself in people's personal, like, finance. That's one of the things, like, Absolutely. just generally speaking as a human being, dude – you don't, you don't walk in my shoes. Don't worry about my finances. You take care of yours. You negotiate your deals. You let me negotiate mine, right? So boom, let me put that out there for you. But in terms of Le'Veon and not getting for him what you, you, you got for Khalil Mack, um, that's part of the narrative that he's trying to change, right? Is yep. don't view me as just a running back. And they all, the contract they offered him, uh, the guaranteed money, if I'm not mistaken, was more than Todd Gurley got, right? The guarantee? I think it was a little bit less. I think it was, was it? 30, 33. What did, Gurley what did, ended up getting 45. Guaranteed? Yeah. All right. But it, okay. So you could still make the claim that you weren't the highest paid running back, but let's, let's say it was. He is still trying to say pay me as not just a running back, which has been like a, a devalued position in the NFL, but right. pay me as a running back and receiver because quite frankly, he catches a whole lot of balls out of the backfield. Um, and so that's that's part of the that's part Absolutely of the narrative that he's trying to change, and I appreciate that because 
but he you know, won't you, change it. We've had tight ends of course try not. to do it because they receive. Of course, on, but if you if you have more people though that are willing to do this, and my stance on the NFL is like I, re, I you know I I read some of the stuff on Instagram and stuff uh, you know about you know you have an obligation. I don't have an obligation. I don't. There's no obligation in the NFL. The NFL are one-year contracts. Mm-hmm. They're, that's what they are. They're guaranteed signing bonuses. And then after that, they're one-year contracts. So don't come and tell me I have an obligation because I'm under contract. I do not have a contract. I mean, on paper, I do. But if I was underperforming, I wouldn't have a contract. They right. cut me in a heartbeat. Absolutely. So essentially, we're renegotiating this whenever I feel like it and whenever you feel like it. So if you had more players that were wearing two hats on a team, not – allow the NFL to pigeonhole them into one salary structure because that's a devalued position and it makes sense for their team to be able to continue to build because they don't pay Le'Veon all that money. If you have more players make that stand, maybe you get somewhere. But typically NFL dudes, and no disrespect to my brethren there, but you complain about NBA money, NBA stands up, we'll strike. Yeah. Like we'll care, we'll hold out, like we'll we'll tell you now we're not playing this year and we'll affect change to some degree because of that. NFL cats don't seem to be built like that. It is all your fault. It's all <laughs> you NBA guys. I'm telling you, I've said this before earlier in the season. This offseason, when you see free agency and the NBA hit, a hit and you see, you know, hundred million dollars contracts thrown out, eighty million contracts yeah. to guys that a large part people don't even know who they are. The NFL players read those headlines and it drives them nuts. They do have to come together, yeah. but ultimately it is a game or it is a, it is a business and there are more bodies to pay. You have 52 sure. and roster. Like it, the, the finances of it don't make sense. You're never going to see that type of money. I do think they should come together more and try to do that. But what's unprecedented here is that you're seeing teammates. We've never seen this before. The where teammates are turning on a guy. It makes me wonder. Like where Le'Veon is and the respect from his teammates that they would be willing to go to these lengths to get him in there, which um, is surprising to me. Cause we've now, you don't, you, usually there is a code. Like you don't, you, like you were saying, you don't go there. You just yeah. don't mess with another guy's money. And the fact that they are is a little bit surprising. Well, again, what I, it's kind of twofold for me. One, I don't think this is a great situation in particular for a team like the Steelers because of Mike Tomlin. You know, and I, I was, uh, what's Buddy's name yesterday? Terry Bradshaw. Yeah. Like I gave him the business for, for what he said. But when you look at it through that prism, like he is not a hands on, like, you know, authoritative coach that just controls the heck out of his locker room. We right. talked about it last year. It's so player friendly that if things go a little sideways and get sour, it's hard for him to then rein them in. This is one of those situations where if you had a, Jerry Sloan of sorts or like a, a Nick Saban in college football or I don't know. I want to use guys that just rule with an iron fist. Like you could maybe withstand some of this, uh, dysfunction. But if you have a guy who's player friendly and they're going to let them figure it out, it could be a mess. Um, and secondly, if I'm a player, dude, don't, you know, this is code. Yeah. Don't be beefing with me. If you want me in camp and you know what I do and I'm, t- I'm going to say it again. This is not plug and play. James Connor, good luck with that. Like you got a window. Nah, I don't care. You got a window in, in, in. Marquise Pouncey said he could be the next Kareem Hunt. Like he already said James Connor's a beast. He should have been a first round pick. Fine. Guys from Pitt. I think Fine. where Le'Veon Levy- could be in trouble is that the fans are going to turn on him and they're going to start rooting from James Connor. He's pretty good. That's okay. Yeah. That's, that's fine. Like yeah. he, he don't want to be in Pittsburgh anyway, but you're. Mike James Tom- Connor, look, if you have a ceiling of 100. Yeah. James Connor doesn't get you to 100. Your ceiling is Le'Veon Bell. So anything that Jade Connor puts in there, 
like say 95, you're still 5% short of where you could be. Yep. 94, he could still be serviceable, really good, still not where Le'Veon Bell could get you to. So my thing is if you got a beef and you want this to get done, don't be putting me on blast in the media. We're brethren. Put the organization on blast. I bet Mike Comlin comes out with a no Le'Veon Bell speaking policy. Like we are not going to discuss him. That's what he should have done earlier. There should have been a plan to, hey, we're not going to discuss it. Right. Clearly these guys are just out there shooting off. It's going to be interesting how it affects them playing the Browns week one. Uh, other NFL news. Earl Thomas held out all offseason, was mm-hmm. talking with the Cowboys, was saying, I want to go play somewhere else, somebody that re- will reward me with a long-term deal. Doesn't get it. Shows up. Says, all right, I'm going to go. I'm going to get my money. I can't sit out a whole year and right. pass on $8.5 million. Goes with the Seahawks. The reason I don't think the Seahawks were willing to move on from him, because I think he's one, he's the lifeblood of this defense now. You moved on from Michael Bennett. You moved on from Michael uh, Richard Sherman. They're trying to get younger, but he's still such a critical component of the Legion of Boom, which I don't even know if you can call it that anymore because no. there's so many new faces. I think the Seahawks do value him from an on-the-field perspective. Obviously not as much as he would have liked. They right. lost Cam Chancellor, who retired to it, to a neck injury. So I think that's where Earl Thomas was kind of tough and stuck in a tough spot. Um, he talks about being disrespected, right? He says, I've lived. I don't plan on starting. Uh, with that being said, the disrespect has been well noted and will not be forgotten. Is he coming off of an injury? He's been banged up a little bit, but he's always been a guy that goes out there and plays through anything. Like, okay. he's a tough dude. The thing is, I have a problem when you say disrespect. Why? Because they wouldn't restructure your deal. They're still going to pay you $8.5 million. I don't... The pl- I'm telling you, a lot of this has to go with NBA. The guys see no. some of the other money made. At some point, you've got to realize this is the system that the players agreed to. This, it's not a disrespectful thing. Like right. you can want to restructure the contract. Right. Um, he wanted lo- and, he wanted to finish his career with the yeah, Seahawks. But it's not that. disrespectful. Like it, like you can hold out. Like it's your right to hold out and Absolutely. and stay out of camp and do whatever you do until you start like forfeiting your checks. Which I wouldn't like. I again, Le'Veon Bell, don't do that, bro. Right. Go get right. Um, so good for him and coming back. But like, for me, for instance, I wanted a extension when I was in Phoenix, right? Um, we had been playing well. I, I took a deal that was way more than I ever thought I would make uh, in the NBA. But when I got to Phoenix, we were in such a free flowing offense and I was provided such a, a bigger platform that I kind of outplayed my deal a little bit. And so things were going really well. And I asked, you know, I, Robert Sarver and those guys, I was like, I, you know, I want an extension. So this is what Robert Sarver told me. He said, Hey, do you, I heard you want an extension. And we're out to lunch and I'm like, yeah, you know, I'd like, you know, things are great and we really love it here in Phoenix. We just bought a home. I'd like an extension. I want to play here. And he was like, uh, do I think you deserve an extension? Yeah, sure. You deserve an extension. Am I going to give you one? No. <laughs> right. Now, that's what he said to me. And I, he said, do you want to know why? And I'm like, why? Well, I mean, you're going to tell me anyway. So what? He was like, because I don't have to. And like, I thought he was a bit of a prick, but. And, it was, but it was true. And yep. so what do I look? I, it's not disrespectful. It's like, it is what it is. Like I want an extension. You didn't give it to me. You know, the difference is I was still guaranteed money. Like he couldn't, if I underperformed the next year, he couldn't take that money away from me. Like fundamental difference between NBA and NFL. But having said that, like, it's not a disrespectful thing. It's just, it's what it is. Right. And then you appreciate the honesty at least. Uh, not really. <laughs> it didn't make it feel any not better. Not a prick. <laughs> right. Yeah. Still would have taken that yeah. ride. Uh, all right. So we have all this dissension. Players out there unhappy. We do have a feel good story though, because, uh, Shaquem Griffin will get the start for the, uh, Seahawks. It's a really cool story. Uh, I covered him, met him when he was at UCF. Yeah. He's got one arm. It's an insane story when you look at what he's come from when he, you know, had to have it surgically removed when he was three or four years old when he was just a kid because of a rare, you know, disease that he had. And he's just been overcoming all the odds since his childhood. Unreal. Now to get this story, he was selecting the fifth round, gets to play with his brother on the Seahawks as well, Shaquille. This is an unbelievable story. It's so inspirational. 
Um, you know, it's, I, I think he's going to go out there and actually going to ball. I think he's going to have a pretty good season for them. And I think it's outstanding for him to get that opportunity. Um, any sport, sometimes energy just speaks for itself, right? Like you can watch a guy run around on a soccer field and be like, wow, man, like his energy is just yep. infectious. It's, he's everywhere. You see him in every play, like basketball the same way. There might be a guy that doesn't score. 20 points a game, but he's in every single play. He's on every rebound. He's on every loot. You know, those type of guys, um, usually continue to show and prove, right? And I'm, he's super skilled. What he does with one arm is incredible. Um, I read the story on it. I guess it was, he had the hand, um, and it would just throbbed him and throbbed him. There was something like nerve wise that was wrong and they gave him a choice and he was like, take it off. He was parents saw him trying to cut off his hand. Yeah. Hurt like that he bad. he like wanted it off. I, but, but his energy, my, my bad, but his energy, when you watch him play at UCF, it's going to be the same thing in the pros. He's just everywhere like air, dude. He's on everything, and that usually works. I covered a game last year for UCF, and I asked Scott Frost, I'm like, how does it impact his play? Is there anything you can or can't do from right. a defensive perspective? And he said, you know what? He said, I was wondering about that. He said, when you throw on film of him and you watch him play, you forget within five plays, five minutes, that – he even has an Correct. issue. He just goes out there and plays. So uh, definitely fun to watch him play. Hopefully he has a monster season. Odell Beckham gets the new deal with the Giants. Everybody's wondering, all right, so the Giants made that move. I think it was a good move. You keep yeah. happy. But some of his off, not off the field, on the field issues, you wonder if they could crop up. There's the uh, his, the famous Josh Norman beef where he had back-to-back uh, yeah. you know, uh, personal fouls when they were jawing with each other. He's going against Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey has been beefing with everybody. You right. know he's one of the biggest trash talkers in the NFL now. Odell Beckham says, I think I learned my lesson. Ramsey is, if not the best, one of the best corners in the league. There is no way around it. Yeah, good for him. Do you him. think he'll beef with him? Uh, I don't care if he does beef with him. What if he gets a foul? What if he gets a 15-yard penalty? Okay. <laughs> People get 15-yard penalties. They do. Appearance every, like nine they times do. a game. But it could. If it, you start getting kicked out or suspended, I got now. You can't earn your right. money. That's fine. Right. You give me a 15 yard penalty, and you got a problem with me. Well, you better go down there and have a problem with every single person that got us a penalty that particular game. So I don't, I don't have a problem. It was like me with technical fouls, man. If, if you ask me to go out there and do the job you've asked me to do, there are going to be some texts that come along with it. Do you have the rule like the what they have now, where the total texts on the season where you start get, missing time no. to accrue? See, that's maybe towards the end of my career, but I wasn't getting as many. Right. Cause that's, I think the thing that gets bigger if you're Draymond or somebody like that yeah. or a player like if you get multiple ones in a game, you could be tossed. Yeah, that's what games, you have to worry sure. about. I think it is interesting though, because Jalen Ramsey's thrown everybody under the bus except for Odell Beckham. Remember what he said about Eli? He'd be nothing without Odell yeah. Beckham. So I'm sure Odell's like, yeah, now it's all good. He said, I'm one of the best guys in the league. How does it turn when he starts jawing on the field? Like, but does that change? Things? I think. Though all jokes aside, like if you're the Giants, this is what you, you like, you, you want to see the steps towards maturity, right? Yep. And then, you know, obviously talking about it is one step, but then being about it's another step. So hopefully, um, for his sake, because I think a lot of people, you know, a guy like me, it doesn't bother me, but I understand that there are a lot of people out there where antics would, would bother them. So yep. hopefully, you know, he's tightened it up and he matures because when you're selling your brand, yep. like sometimes that's what you got to do. Yep, no doubt. Thursday night football is tonight. Eagles, Falcons. You know, we're going to get to preview it with us. Brian Westbrook, he knows a little about him. Eight years with the uh, Eagles. He's going to join us next on Off the Bench. 
Welcome back to Off the Bench. Danny Cadell and Rajah Bell. We got the NFL season kicks off tonight. We have the perfect guy to break down the game. Brian Westbrook had a nine-year NFL career. Eight of those with the Eagles. Faced him a couple times. You can follow him on Twitter at 36Westbrook. Uh, they kick off tonight, 820. He's joining us on behalf of FedEx. But, Brian, I want to ask you about Doug Peterson because he's been a little salty with the media lately as the media would kept asking him questions saying, hey, what are we going to do at quarterback? Is it going to be Foles or Wentz? Finally comes out and says Nick Foles is going to be our starter. Do you like how do you think Doug Peterson has handled this quarterback situation leading up to the start of the season? Well, I think that Doug as a, as a coach, I don't know that he has really handled this the way that I thought he would. You know, Doug ever since he was a name coach, he's been a media friendly guy, a guy that is giving a lot of access to media members. But this last week, um, he's a little snarky, he's a he's a little bit upset because they can continue to ask the any coach, as you want all your players there, especially your MVP Corbin and Carson Wentz, and he's just not going to have that. If any part of team and Nick Foles struggled throughout the preseason, of course he's a little snarky. But I look back at some of my the best coaches that I played for, they were snarky as well, and they didn't love the media. And so I think Doug is beginning to uh, adapt that 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 mentality and thought process. Uh, Brian, look, man, I, I got a chance to play in Philly for a couple of years, so I know how how rabid a fan base they have there. Um, it, it's fantastic. Talk to me about the mood of the city post Super Bowl. They've waited kind of so long to get it, and then are there any concerns from the team's perspective in terms of maybe a, a Super Bowl hangover coming into this season? Well, of course, the city is, is very excited um, about this season coming up. They're still they're still literally still uh, celebrating from last season. They're raising the banner today. They're unveiling it and starting things off. And I think um, there was some nervousness there. There was a lot of nervousness because Carson Wentz is not healthy yet. They're getting a lot of guys at the county man. That Jason Peters, your Hall of Fame, left tackle. You're getting Darren Sproles back as well. And, but you haven't seen those guys play. And so there's some nervousness uh, as far as the fans go. But there's also a lot of excitement to see the football team start the season off today. Against the Atlanta, Atlanta Falcons, and we all know that home field advantage is a big deal for every NFL team. And so they're going to have to find a way uh, to win some games without passing this early on in the season, and that's going to go a long way for getting that coveted home field advantage. So the preseason wasn't exactly pretty, but we did get to watch some fascinating storylines develop on NFL Game Pass. If you had NFL Game Pass, you got to watch every out-of-market preseason game live. We saw number one pick Baker Mayfield showcase his skills. We saw Sam Darnold earn the starting Jets job. We saw struggles from Josh Allen in week three, and we saw dreams made in week four as players made the roster. As I go back to prep for the season, I'm replaying games after they aired. Whoever I want to evaluate, I use NFL Game Pass, even though I'm out of market, to go back and watch any game that I want. We saw a glimpse of Saquon Barkley. We witnessed John Gruden's return to Oakland, and we even got a Super Bowl rematch, all with NFL Game Pass. I can't wait to go back and watch replays of regular season games that I missed on Sunday so I can evaluate every single play. Best of all, you can kick off the 2018 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Sign up now at NFL.com slash off the bench. Game on. Welcome back to Off the Bench. Let's move the line. We got to get some picks for college and the NFL. Let's bring in our guy, Emery Hunt. He's going to join us every Thursday throughout the season. Yeah. Drop some knowledge on us. A uh, little bit of a rough start last week, but I think you did one of the most impressive things. More impressive than actually picking who's going to win and lose. You nailed the score 
said it was going to be 56 to 17 UCF and, and UConn. You nailed it. Like, so you got some vibes going on. How are you, how are you predicting these scores exactly? I got lucky, man. I, <laughs> Absolutely. I'd rather be lucky than good any day. He's our sports line expert. You can follow him at F ball game plan on Twitter. Check him out. All right. Let's get started with some college football. Rutgers is against Ohio State. Ohio State looked awesome in week one against Oregon State. They're a 35 point favorite. What do you see unfolding in this game? I think Ohio State rolls in this one. You look at last week, Rutgers, despite turning the ball over three times, three interceptions by their true freshman quarterback, they really couldn't put away that football team. I think if that happens again this week, we saw Ohio State start to get it rolling last in last game, uh, last game's matchup. So I think they can roll in this game. Uh, again, Dwayne Haskins looks outstanding at quarterback. I think they can win big against Rutgers. All right, Emery, uh, we got Kansas plus five versus Central Michigan. Um, I think Kansas is like got one of the longest losing streaks, like road losing streaks. It's brutal. They're yeah. one of the worst teams that we've seen in college football at the, at the FPS level. Incredible. Plus five against Central Michigan. Yeah, I think when you look at last week uh, against Nichols, now Nichols is an FCS playoff team. They're going to be real good. I like what Coach Tim Rebo is doing down down there. But Kansas, to me, recruits well. And I know last week is still in, is fresh in everybody's mind. But I think they can keep this game close and actually win. So I would take the points in Kansas in this one. Uh, again, Central Michigan is a good team. They were in the bowl last year. But I think Kansas realizing the situation that's at stake, Everyone's going to be coaching for their jobs, honestly, and I think they can go out there and take care of business. They'll keep this one very close or, or win it. So I would take Kansas in the points. All right, so let's look. we got Ohio State to cover. we got Kansas State and plus five to cover against Central Michigan. We're going to switch to the NFL, but I have a question for you. What do you think is easier to pick, college football or NFL, and why? I would say NFL because, Danny, you know this, the, the, the games are close by nature. So when you see a big number – in the NFL, those games I think are are where you can make some money because a blowout to me is ten points or more in the NFL, and so all these games are going to be close in nature. So I think they're a little bit more easier to pick. All right, let's move there. Let's go to the Seattle Seahawks. We had Earl Thomas news; he's going to report. Don't know if he'll play this weekend because he hasn't been training. But they're going to face the Denver Broncos. Case Keenum takes the helm there. Seattle's a three point underdog. Who do you like in this one? I like Seattle to win, so I would take Seattle in the points. When you look at the quarterback situation, that's where I'm lying my trust or laying my trust with Russell Wilson over Case Keenum. Even though the players are different in Seattle on defense, the mindset is still the same. I think they can win that, that ball game. All right, you talked about Earl Thomas coming back. Uh, Emery, uh, in a game where Le'Veon Bell still hasn't reported, um, and then Cleveland, obviously, Baker Mayfield and, and Terod Taylor. This has moved a lot, too. It has. You call this – now, I want I want a little help from you guys. If, if Steelers minus four, would I say the Steelers are laying four against Cleveland? Is that how I say that? What you got, yeah, I would say, yeah. The Steelers yeah. are four points in that one. Um, yep. All right. And <laughs> you, look at, you look at last year's game, I, I, I just – they, the Browns could have won that game last year, but the turnover really killed them. Now you add in the conservative quarterback and Terod Taylor, a better football team overall, and they, the fact that they can run the football, I think the Browns can actually win that game. So I'm taking the Browns and the points in this one. Boom. Boom. I like these. Giving some good value plays, some money line picks uh, out there. All right, the Washington Redskins, you have Alex Smith taking over. They're traveling on the road to Arizona. Sam Bradford's getting the nod for them. They've got David Johnson back. Who do you like in the uh, Redskins-Cardinals game? This one seems like a pick game to me, so I'm going with the Redskins. The reason being, I just like their defense. I think their defense is going to be outstanding this year, especially within the front seven. 
they'll stop the run. And this is another one of those games where you look at the quarterback situation and say, okay, who can you trust more? I'm going with Alex Smith over Sam Bradford. And be on the lookout for Adrian Peterson. I, I think people are underestimating how good he looked in the preseason. I think they're going to this is, this is going to be a very close game, but I think because of the defense of Washington, that's going to be the reason why they take the victory in this one. I like it. A former running back giving Adrian Peterson <laughs> some love right there. Hey, Emery, good stuff. So he likes uh, Seattle to win that game, right? Seattle money line. Uh, you got the Browns. I'd, I'd, I'd go with the points on that one. I don't know if I'd go all the way. You like them to win the game potentially, but if you're getting the four points, why not take them? And then you also like the Redskins uh, versus the Cardinals. Emery, thanks for joining us, man. Every Thursday we're going to talk to you, man. Anytime. I appreciate it, guys. All right. Great stuff. Uh, let's keep going. A little, uh, move the line picks yeah. here right now. I just waved to him. I'm sure. <laughs> really weird. Did you see <laughs> that? Guy, I was looking at the, I was looking at the camera and I might have like, been able to eh, see us. Weird. I like that. This is a personal effect. Yeah, um, Super Bowl picks. Yep. You got to give our Super Bowl predictions now. Today? I'm sure you gave a lot of study and a lot of, uh, insight. Yeah, give me a right? minute. Breaking is down this after the, the break. Is this after the break or oh, right now? Coming up right this <laughs> second. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. Go All first. All right. I'll give you mine first. Some of the Super Bowl odds that are out there. Patriots, no surprise. They're out there. The six to one favorites is the yeah. favorites. Steelers, even though Le'Veon Bell may, may not show up, 10 to one favorites. Vikings, 10 to one. Rams, 10 to one. Packers, uh, getting Aaron Rodgers back 12 to one. And there's a lot more. I'm not going to go through them all because we don't have that much time. My Super Bowl prediction. I I hate going chalk. I know a lot of people are going to go Patriots Steelers. I will not bet against the Patriots until they show me otherwise. Okay. There are going to be people that jump that. They're going to be the most dramatic team in, in the NFL. Everybody loves looking at them saying, hey, are they going to be is Tom Brady too old? All that stuff. I'm taking the Patriots to make okay. the Super Bowl again. But I'm not picking them to win the Super Bowl. I think yeah. we can see something very similar to happen last year. The NFC is stacked. A lot of good teams. I'm going to take. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> Who do you think I'm going to say? You're going to say the Vikings, bro. I am going to say the Vikings. Right, your Kirk, Kirk Cousins, Cousins love is and it's our MVP. No. No. Kirk Cousins is going to take this team to the Super Bowl and win it. I've said all along he's similar to Drew Brees. You saw what Drew Brees meant to the Saints organization. He's a hero there for life. Kirk Cousins is going to take the Vikings to the Super Bowl. He's going to have a monster year, win the MVP, and everybody's going to say, you know what, Canel? You were right. Are you done? I am You're done. You're done, right? You're done. done. <laughs> All right. Who do you have? Who do you have? I'm going to take – I like – you know I'm with you. I'm like, like I like brands, right? Yeah. So I would take the Patriots, except you took them. So I'm going to take the Steelers. Yeah. I'm just going to say they figure out. They get the dysfunction worked out. That window of opportunity is closing, like – it's on, it's, it, that time is, is running out. So I think there's a little sense of urgency there. So I'll take them. Plus, I don't really know what Tom Brady's got to work with. So I'm going to take the Steelers. Um, and then I'm going to take, like you said, Kirk Cousins could, like, he's like Drew, Drew Brees. Yep. I'm taking Drew Brees. I'm going to take the Saints, <laughs> Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram. Uh, like, I think that they're going to, uh, come out of that NFC. Why? I don't know, yeah. but you put me under the gun. So I'm going to take oh, like the Steelers it. and the, the Saints. That's a solid pick. Who's your MVP? Do you think Drew Brees gets it? If he takes them to the Super Bowl, he, de- yeah, I I'd imagine he'd will. have to get it. Yeah. I didn't realize he's never won an MVP. Really? I think he could also get, he's a 16 to one favorite to do that. What my man, Kirk Cousins can't even make a board. Come on, Vegas, get on your games. Uh, Carson Wentz, nine to one favorite. It probably is going to be Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. 
uh, Cousins is a 22 to 1. Boom. Get your value play right there. Are they going to let, but they're taking, like, Drew Brees is not throwing the ball nearly as much as he used to, right? Like, this has become more ball control a little bit. He has to throw for 5,000 yards to get the MVP. I think he would almost, if they have that type of success, you would see a lifetime achievement MVP award, which I would be okay with if he's able to do that. All right. So you got our picks right there. Uh, let's keep it rolling with Hannah, who's uh, got some socially relevant topics as she scours the internet for everything that's going on. What's up, Hannah? How are we doing? You were all night on uh, on, on Instagram, right? Just looking for stories? Oh, yeah. That's what I was just trolling Instagram. <laughs> I was actually going to ra- wave to Raja because I felt bad. <laughs> <Wait my laughs> nobody waves back at you. You just wave to nobody. I was like, Raja, I got you. Somebody who's probably not wanting to wave at us at all, Kevin Durant, he is back at it again. So apparently he's still using social media to defend his move to Golden State. So someone posted on Instagram a conversation with KD in a series of tweets. Now, this is a really long series, guys. It started with this guy saying, KD, how you sleep at nights knowing you ruin the league and your three rings mean nothing must be tough. KD responded saying, nah, I sleep really well at night. So this combo went so long, guys. KD defended himself. He asked some questions and even took his time discussing what was the weakest move in NBA history. This guy posted the entire conversation. It was about eight pages too long. So I just have to ask, why does he continue to clap back at random people on the Internet? He must not have a lot to do because, like, this I, this is unprecedented. I've never heard of, like, professional athletes getting into, like, full eight-page, like... Uh, DM, like, this is a yeah. conversation he's having with somebody. Bro, I don't even know you, dog. I'm not having a personal conversation about, like, beat it. You're beneath me. If All I'm right. if I'm Kevin Durant, not, not me, because yeah. if I'm Kevin Durant... You are beneath me, sir. Don't ask me about my stop. I don't want to, I don't need your input or I don't need to validate anything to you. I got KD's back on this one. Right. I actually don't have a problem with going back and forth with somebody on Dean. This, you know how big this is in the NBA? The fact that he's interacting with fans. How do you pick? Well, you have time to do that with every single, how does Kevin Durant? hours a day. Like it takes two minutes for him to go back and forth with somebody. But I guess, all right. So this is a real question then. Yeah. Kevin Durant's inbox or whatever must have 10 million of those. How do you pick the person that you're going to do that with? Or is he doing that with a thousand people? No, he's probably not doing it with a thousand people, but he happened to go there. I get trolled all the time and I get like, I'll go back and forth with people on DMs and just kind of throw back some information. If the guy's willing to have a conversation, you, I I actually, the thing that I think KD probably tries to do is he probably tries to win some fans over, which is what I get stuck doing sometimes. And you can tell quickly if you're going to lose that guy or if he's just going to be a jerk the whole time. Um, no shade at you. But you're not Don't Kevin you Durant, bro. Are you sure? You're not Kevin Durant, man. He's the he's one of the best players on the planet right now. And you're I'm the Kevin Durant. You're the Kevin Durant of this game. But like, I am busier K- than KD. Not dog KD. Hey, look, I, if you love it, do it. But I just don't know how you got the time to be beefing with. Are you with. sure KD and I are on the same level? I mean, you guys, there's <laughs> a striking resemblance. I, right. I, I, KD and DK, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of similar. Uh, you guys heard it here first. If you slide into Danny Cannell's DMs, he will answer. <laughs> Breaking right. news. All right, guys, from one clown to another. So Carmelo Anthony, he posted, no, the Houston Rockets posted this hype teaser video of Melo working out in all Rockets gear, along with the hashtag Stay mellow. There was really no sound to this. It was just like uh, slow-mo shots uh, of him doing nothing. So you uh, guys know I'm a Syracuse girl. I used to represent Mellow all the way, but he has made it really tough recently. So as a kind of Mellow fan, let me just say this video gives me zero hype. 
What about Whoa. you guys? Did you just call Mello a clown, pretty much? Yeah, Is that what you did? He is. Wow. Sorry. You know, if, if you're losing Syracuse fan, like if you're using Hannah, who's a strong, you know, she's a Syracuse girl, then you got problems. I don't think it's that bad. No, what's okay, wrong with it? Everybody in the NBA does these two. Yeah, what's wrong? Yeah, they're they, posting uh, videos working I out. Like I, mean, I don't have that much of a problem with it. I don't mind. Slow Mo's a little over the top. I don't know that that's actually slow mo. I think that's just his speed. <laughs> Like, I think he's just moving at, like, he's just, as you get older, man, there's a little more creak in the joints, man. Guys, I think he could help the Rockets. I said that. I think from an offensive perspective, I think there's some value there. He's not the mellow from New York or Denver, but I do think there's some value there offensively. Some of these NBA players have entire social media teams, multiple videographers that will do film everything they do and post it. I don't I do. think that was. I don't, you but, think that was? Well, you had Hoodie Mello last year. Yeah, I think yeah, Mello is one of those team. dudes. They that all got a team. team. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I don't have no beef with it. No, we're building the brand. So I'm really the only one just talking bad about Mello right now? <laughs> yeah, My pretty God, much. You're out on an island. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so more Instagram news, but this time not so good. So former Colts, Colts punter Pat McAfee confessed that he that him getting fined from an Instagram post was the last straw that led him to retire from the NFL. So apparently late in 2016, he got in trouble for, for posting this photo of himself in the Colts facilities. He said that he personally saw nothing wrong with it with this photo at all, but his GM was furious about it. The fine was about a hundred thousand dollars and apparently the problem was that this photo was taken in the equipment room where there are footballs and it was after this that Pat decided to call it quits with well, I would have too. I would have too, because Ryan Grigson has one of the worst reputations. Players were throwing him under the bus. Pat McAfee threw him under the bus when he was uh cut or fired from the Colts. It's like that doesn't make any sense to me. That's a personal beef, a personal vendetta when you go find a punter for doing that. You got fined a hundred K for being for that photo. That was it. Because you're not supposed to do social media in the facility, I guess. Do you know my my team, the Utah Jazz, once called the NBA on me about not being out for the national anthem? I used to be in the back. I used to go to the restroom a lot, right. and no one had a problem with it you ever. I wasn't protesting. I just went to the bathroom. It was my my ritual. I'd go get my head together and stuff like that. The Utah Jazz actually dimed me out to the NBA. Really? Yeah. You yeah. Should, you should come out with that now. You get a huge hat. I know. <laughs> you were protesting is what I you're was, doing. <laughs> all right, guys. All that's all up. for Socially Relevant. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Canel and Bell, or you can slide into Danny Canel's DMs if you choose to. <laughs> Coming up after the break, Danny and Raja are breaking down today's leftovers. Stay with us. <laughs> you can't help it. We got a little gif of you yesterday doing a little a little shimmy shake. Uh let's finish with some leftovers. Steve Nash going yeah. to the Hall of Fame, the induction, the speech, it's yeah. all tomorrow. Esteban. He was uh talking with ESPN and he was talking about his shooting philosophy and Don Nelson, some of the conversations they had back and forth. His quote My personality was to feed my teammates and I love getting in the scenes and being creative and making the game fun for my teammates. But Nelly frankly said, That's BS. You're a better shooter than these guys. I want you shooting the ball. Nelly launched my career in pushing me to be aggressive and score the ball, but I never took it to the heights that the numbers validate, validate in today's day and age, where I probably should have shot the ball 20 times a game. It probably would have made a lot more sense. Agree? Uh, absolutely. Right? absolutely. Not, not nearly the teammate that people give him credit for being, though. Like, not not the greatest dude. No, I'm just messing <laughs> Right? Just nah, bash on your boy. Yeah, bro. Hey, congrats again, Steve. Uh, cool. uh, no, yeah, for sure. And he kind of said it when we had him on the pod. Like, the game just was played a little different um, back then in terms of what people wanted from their point guard. But Don Nelson was w- one of the most, like, innovative um, offensive minds that I ever played for. So it's no surprise that he would have kind of propelled Steve to, like, shoot the ball more. And, and I saw a quote that Steve had uh, in terms of some advice. I guess someone might have asked him about Lonzo Ball. And he said that it wasn't until – he started really scoring the ball 
that all of these great opportunities to make assists came about. And so um, that's some sage advice for young Lonzo. But Stevie should have definitely shot the ball more. He's one of the best shooters. Real talk, he's one of the best shooters uh, I've ever played with, maybe of all time. Even at the time when he was playing uh, in 2000, 2007, 2008, he wasn't even in the top five no. attempts out there. So absolutely could have been shooting more. might have helped him a little bit. Just statistically, he's doing all right for himself. Though. Yeah, I think so he did okay. Still, still getting time MVP. And all then, right. Yeah. Uh, Steph Curry made his Mount Rushmore. It's what everybody does, right? You got to yep. come up with your list out there. He included himself, uh, Kyrie, Pistol Pete, and Magic mm. Irvin Johnson. Got any problem with that? Any beat? I, I do. Magic Rushmore of handles, I NBA do. handles. I do. You don't like him putting himself on there? I, I, I think he belongs on there, but I just you would, like you wouldn't go there. The optics of it, I would probably, I would defer. I would put somebody else on there. I don't know that Magic. Right. Like, he I don't think his handles, handles were like he was just unique in that he was like six eight, six nine, and had this flair of passing the ball on the break. But pure handles, I would have said like. Um, who's he got up there? He had himself. Pistol Pete. Pistol. If you go back and watch I, some video of him, but I don't think. I, Isaiah Thomas had some fantastic handles. Like Zeke was really, really good with the ball. Um, Pistol Pete and Kyrie are magicians with the ball. Like they do, that was magic. Right. Um, real magic. The only one I would, would argue would probably be magic. What right. about Allen Iverson? Would you no. Want? No, you don't no. think he had He didn't have pure handles. He had a nasty crossover, but he didn't have pure slick handles. I'm talking about handles where you can get in and out of any situation and they're super, super, uh, creative, like juices flowing and AIs wasn't like that. He was just trying to get where he wanted to go and he used the crossover and he was small, but it wasn't pure handles, I don't think. What about Jamal Crawford? Jamal Crawford has some sick handles. Really? Yeah, he's got some nice handles. Kemba's got some good handles. I mean, but you're talking about the best of the best. Do you think Pete Maravich would be considered today's game, or is it just like he was the one of the greatest in his era? And it does look old, but he also was doing stuff. No, in his era, but he was a magician. Yeah, And he, sure. he was a magician with the ball, and probably um, if he played today, he'd be just as good or better than some of these guys with the stuff that they're doing now because he had that – to be a like a – a handle guy, you have to have this kind of beautiful mind. It's all creativity and flow and, and, uh, he had that. Uh, your soccer team. Yeah. You're going to line up. Inter. Inter Miami. Yeah. I can't even read this. The official name, Club International de Football Miami or Inter Miami. It's That's like, why I like Inter Miami. Nope. They're going to join MLS, MLS in 2020. I actually like their gear. It's got the Miami Vice vibe to it. Dude, sick. I'll get some swag from that or they, or they could send us some if they want like support from the pod. They can um, do that too. It's Club Internacional. Nope. Okay. I <laughs> that was close enough. Uh Florida State rough yeah. the other night. Lost to Virginia Tech. I knew what was happening. The broadcast knew what was happening. What was happening? Virginia Tech had a game plan yeah. to fake injuries. They did. They did. It was as glaringly obvious as you could get, and it happened multiple times. Willie Tagger came out and acknowledged that Justin Fuente didn't exactly deny it. He said our players were struggling with cramps all night. I don't believe it. Um, here's the thing. If you're Willie Tiger, you've made it well known. You're going to go fast, fast, fast. You want to go up-tempo? He's going to face this yeah. all season long, so you have to make a plan for it, whatever that plan is. Maybe when you get to stop because of an injury – you game plan specific plays to dial up the next play. It gives right. you time, but he's going to have to face that all season long. I do feel like they need to do something about that, though, for spirit I do of too. the game. They like, I think, but how do you judge it? I don't know. Problem. I don't know. But You're put in a really tough spot. Because uh, I'm with you. They should throw a flag maybe on Maybe you get like obvious. four a game. Right. Or, or start taking timeouts away from them. Yeah, There's something like something that. You like, can penalize yeah. them. Uh, Jose Abreu has an injury. Do you remember the UFC injury we talked about yeah. on there? Yeah, it was kind of ugly. Uh, 
he had hit one of his, here's his quote, through a team translator. Imagine being the translator if you're having to go through this. It was one of my testicles turned sideways and was strangled. The doctor had to perform emergency surgery to save it. I never thought about it, but it was serious. The doctors, they did a very good job and everything is good. They saved the testicle. I'm very glad and thankful. Like I said before, all the people who helped me and who were there for me, I feel very grateful. I've had, I have, I've had a teammate. Oh, I thought you were about to say me. No, who <laughs> shall forever remain nameless. Yeah. Um, but he sat right next to me. Experience a very similar thing and he missed the game. Nobody knew why he was there, why he wasn't there. And it was the exact same thing. It got like twisted up. Apparently that happens. It got like right. twisted up and then. Apparently it was, it's never happened to me. Well, uh, like knock on wood, right? <laughs>